Good morning. Welcome to Laurel Heights. In just a moment, I'll be reading from the Old Testament book of Jonah. Throughout this year, once a month, I'm preaching on the grace of God. And that series, this time, takes us to this Old Testament book of Jonah. And the tone and setting of the book is immediately stated in the first two verses. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. When we think of Jonah, the story we're going to read and talk about as connected to God's grace today, first we may think the spotlight is on this man, Jonah. Or we may think the spotlight, the drama, has to do with the great fish. Or we may conclude that the book is about the sin, the wickedness going on in Nineveh. Well, those are obviously all elements of the story right on the page we have opened. But this book has a higher focus. It has a focus on God. And I want to concentrate on that. It has a focus on God and His grace. I want to read from Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down unto the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account. This evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where did you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said, What is this that you have done? For the men knew 
that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased to you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Here is a man with a very clear assignment. No complexity, no confusion, a very clear, simple assignment to take God's message of warning and call to repentance to the people of Nineveh. Jonah, go preach to the sinners in Nineveh. That was the essence of it. There is evil in that place. The location of it and your anger should not hinder you. They need to repent and my grace will relent of punishment. Jonah runs away. Why? See, the ancient Jewish people did not think favorably about the people of Nineveh, the Assyrians. There, there was a prejudice against the Assyrians and not entirely without cause. Let me explain. The Assyrians had a reputation for cruelty that is hard for us to take in. Their specialty was brutality of gross and disgusting nature. Skinning people alive, decapitation, mutilation, the ripping out of tongues, making pyramids of human heads, piercing the chin with a rope and forcing prisoners to live in kennels like dogs. All of this before they came against the Israelites, the Jews. All of that depicted in Isaiah chapter 10. They were hated by the Jews. And the predominant opinion among the Jews was they were unredeemable. They were outside the boundaries of God's grace. They were not capable of repentance. The attitude among the Jews was let them die in their sin. That was a common Jewish attitude. One historian said no one liked the Assyrians not even many of the Assyrians. Jonah apparently wondered why 
in the world God would want to save these awful people. It says that he fled, he ran from the presence of the Lord. God told him to go east, Jonah went west. And as we read, it didn't work out well. Sometimes when you decide to disobey God, you get immediate negative results. In addition to long-term consequence. There was the storm, then being cast overboard, swallowed by a great fish, gives a whole new meaning to the idea of seafood. And this is a case where the man God chose did not at first choose to do what God said. Now, that's chapter 1. Chapter 2 relates to us the prayer of Jonah where he appeals to God from inside the fish. It is eloquent. It is a prayer with good intent, honestly, uh, honesty and acknowledgement that salvation belongs to the Lord. And you begin to think here that Jonah has had a complete change of attitude. The prayer in chapter 2 has such rich content. Let me start at verse 2 in chapter 2. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. What a eloquent prayer. Jonah is calling out to the Lord. He says he remembers the Lord. Jonah is, is filled with gratitude. He's thankful. You get the impression that Jonah completely gets it now. The next part of this creates a nauseating image, yet a way of escape from inside the fish. At verse 10, the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now we're at chapter 3. Jonah preaches to Nineveh. And an amazing thing happens. The people of Nineveh in large mass... 
accept the message, believe God, and repent of their sin. Who would have imagined such an outcome? And it says, God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way. And here's where grace comes in. And God relented of the disaster that He had said He would do to them, and He did not do it. That's grace. Well, you come to this part of the story and you think everybody ought to be happy now. Everybody ought to be happy. But can we go to chapter 4 and see about Jonah? But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. There's grace. There's the theme of this series. I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. There's grace again. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did not make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. There's grace again. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? So that's the story of Jonah and the big fish. Many preachers through the years have used this very simple outline. Chapter 1, Jonah flees. Chapter 2, Jonah prays. Chapter 3, Jonah preaches. Chapter 4, Jonah 
pouts. Likewise, it is to be noted in this Old Testament book, every step Jonah took from God was down. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. He went down again into the sea. He went down again into the belly of the great fish. Every step you take away from God, away from obedience to Him, is down. It's never up. This Old Testament book is more about God than Jonah. This can be easily discovered. The fish is mentioned four times. The city is mentioned nine times. Jonah is mentioned 18 times. God is mentioned 38 times. The book of Jonah is about God and how great his merciful heart is toward prodigal sons and daughters who run away from him. And that leads me to this main point that I want to get to having to do with God's grace. Here was a man. Here was a man who complained about the grace of God. May it never be so with us. Jonah's problem was not that he didn't know what God wanted him to do. Rather, he didn't like what God wanted him to do. Jonah's problem was not that he was lazy or broke or sick or that he lacked eloquence or wasn't being paid enough or didn't have enough time or didn't know how to preach or pray. Here was a man who complained about the grace of God. Let me explain further. <clears throat> Remember how bad the Assyrians were. Aggressive, boastful, violent, plunderers, executioners. Sometimes executions conducted for their own entertainment. They deserved nothing from God. They had earned no standing with Him. They did the opposite of the will of the Creator. Jonah has no interest in their salvation. Jonah was a man who complained about God even thinking about saving the sinners in Nineveh. I want us to think about this. Isn't it so that God does for others what we would never do for them? We need to think about that. Isn't it so that God does for others what we would never do for them? We often consider people to be so deeply lost in sin, we don't even talk to them about the Lord. We have written them off. We would not save such bad people. We are done with those folks. And if God were to ask us, who do you want me to bring into the kingdom? We would likely pick out people we like. The best people. Thus God's grace is sometimes hard for people here on earth to accept. Much less reflect and imitate. Of all the lessons we can learn from Jonah, perhaps one of the most important is never complain about God's grace since salvation is His through Christ to offer to all sinners.
That's what we believe. That's what we say. We even sing, the gospel is for all. And we love the song, Amazing Grace. But is the sound and reach of God's grace always sweet to us? I want to wrap this up by taking us to three places in Scripture. No lengthy commentary or exposition. You'll get the point as soon as I read these three passages. Exodus 34, 6, the Bible says that God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That was Exodus 34, 6. Jonah 2 in verse 9, salvation is of the Lord. And 2 Peter 3 in verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So, let's try harder to have within us a fullness of appreciation of the grace of God and the love for the lost that is taught so clearly all through this book. We know we are all in need of God. We have sinned and do fall short of the glory of God. And while we may not be guilty of the hostility of the Assyrians... Our modern criminals and terrorists today, we all stand before God empty, needing to be filled with the forgiveness that Christ died for us to have. Find an unlikely prospect this week. See if the word of God's grace can find a home in that lost or hard heart. Talk to sinners. Let's do all we can to bring them to Christ. Our level of concern and commitment about evangelism and serving God and people always needs our attention. By grace we are saved through faith that is responsive to Jesus Christ. Let's be standing while we sing.